This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our final off-season meeting for 2020. And as you can see, it says maybe. Why does it say maybe? Because hopefully it's our last off-season meeting, but we could be in an off-season for an extended period of time. Around the country, things are going pretty crazy, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going get to get into that here in a little, little bit, but uh, there's a lot of things going on. Hopefully this is our last off-season meeting, but it doesn't matter because we're going to continue to bring you this best officiating education that we possibly can here at MIBTOnline.com because that's what we do. We bring you the best, and that's why we invested and we do all this stuff. Uh, before we get going, I want to thank the guys from Officially Connected. Go check out their website. They had me on last Thursday, and everybody who's also uh, watched. We try to get the word out. This is going to be a special broadcast today. We're going to talk, of, of, uh, I should say, we're going to talk about items and, and subjects that are affecting all officials. It doesn't matter the sport. Moving forward, there's a lot of things that, you know, questions that we need to have answered potentially. So I'm literally looking forward to the, this meeting. So just to kind of run down, so we're going to have some announcements real quick. We're going to go back to that umpire poll from June that we took and we got some interesting results there about where to move the umpire potentially in high school. And then we're going to talk about officials' health and then about some social issues that are affecting us or could be potentially affecting us as officials. So great meeting tonight. So here are some announcements. Don't forget membership. It's $39 a year or $59 a year for insurance. We hammer this home, but I want everybody to know it's a great association. We're just a, like your typical association down the road, except we do it all online and it's all available on demand and we do it from this great studio. We have all these great experts. So I really think it's worth your investment, $39 or $59, depending on what you want. So don't forget about the membership. Podcast, I'm trying to get all these into a podcast. So if you um, can't watch it, maybe you can listen to it in the car. But the podcast is available. Just go to anywhere you go, get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, and just search MIBT online. Facebook page real important we're, we're streaming live on our Facebook page now please like the page send this to your association tell it's free the Facebook page is free go check it out lots of great information there you don't want to miss mibtonline.com that's what it is Twitter that's another great way to get information from us free of charge we put a lot of free content out officially speak you want to be sure to follow us please because we also do our polls there too we're gonna to do our polls on Facebook as well YouTube hey we're streaming on YouTube right now subscribe like the video if you if you're right there now like this video we need the likes just hit that little you know thumbs up thing right right there at the bottom I know it's a shameless plug or a shameless uh, trying to get people to like our videos but we need it so please if you're watching this live you're watching it later like that video MIBT online or you can also find it at officially speaking either one do that search you're there some more announcements hey our next scheduled meeting is uh, Wednesday July 29th at 6 p.m. Central. This is our annual four-hour clinic. And for those officials who are in Illinois, this is an online, or I should say a certified clinic, so you get your clinic credit. Now here's the great thing. We just are making this announcement today. 
This clinic is going to be 100% free for all officials, 100%, zero. Illinois officials, you come, you'll still get credit. You do what we ask, you're going to get credit. No money. We do not want anybody's money for this clinic. Nobody knows if there's going to be a season or not. So we felt here with, with our group and, and that it was the best thing to do to offer this for free. So July 29th, anybody in the country can watch this clinic. We've got a great lineup. We got Bill Lamagne, we got Matt Sumstein, we got Jim Mojakevitz. Bill, you know, we know Bill. We're going to talk to Bill here in a second. Former Big Ten referee, ESPN rules analyst, and former national championship referee. Matt Sumstein is an NFL replay official, and you know him from his clinics that he's done with his videos from Hawaii. Jim Wojo, Wojakevitz, Jim Wojo, as he's known around here, he's a deep official in the MAC. You've got myself, who works state finals. You've got Robert Ybarra, who works state finals. We're clinicians in Illinois. 100% free. You're not going to find a better lineup anywhere than here for free. Like I said, 100%. Be sure to join us July 29th. All right, let's get to our, uh, let's get to our umpire uh, poll results. Bef but before we do that, let's check and see who we got on the panel tonight. I know our first person, you know, he's been, he hasn't been, he's been gone for a little while, but Stan, Stan Brown is with us from Alabama. And uh, Stan, thanks for joining us, taking some time. How are you today? We're good, Tim. Uh, excited to be uh, be back with you this uh, this week, and um, uh, anxiously awaiting our association's board meeting next week to see what may transpire with fall sports. All right, Stan. Great, and uh, I think uh, let's see. I'll let I'll let Alex, our our tech guy, throw a guy. You know, he's going to throw a. It's going to be like that. You know, wheel of let's see who's with us right now. Because when we were getting ready, I think some people jumped in late. So who's next? It's Mike Billica. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited because our new officials class just uh, got underway for the summer. We've got six new candidates, which. Uh, you know, we don't know if we're going to be officiating this fall, but it's great to see the energy at this time of the year. Everyone's looking forward and hoping we have a season. All right, great, Mike. Thanks for being here. You know, Mike's from Connecticut. We appreciate all his efforts, and he, I, he's active on social media. He always likes our videos, so thanks for liking our videos, Mike. Who else do we got? Let's see. We've got Bill Lamagne. I just talked about you, Bill. Bill, how are you doing today? Good. Should I wear my mask uh, for the program tonight, or? No, we're doing good here. I hope everybody else is doing good. Well, good, Bill. I, I, I like your Pac-12 shirt. I see you got the Pac-12 shirt on. I love how every, every week you, you bring a different shirt. So great, great job. Appreciate that today. Over here to my left on your camera, maybe to the right, is Robert Yabar. He's manning our chat. He's also uh, manning the text tonight. Yes, welcome, everyone. And Alex is going to put up the text number. I encourage you to text us with any comments or questions. We want this to be engaging. We have a lot of meat tonight on the bone, so let's talk some football. Great. So there's our text number. Uh, I think Matt Sumstein is going to try to join us. I don't know if he's with us or not, but he's going to try to join us. Hopefully we'll have him on at some point during the broadcast. I know he's watching, so thanks for watching, Matt, at least, and maybe we'll get you on or we'll hear what you have to say via text. So let's jump right to the meat of things our umpire poll results. So if you remember, uh, last week or last month it was, I asked, should we move the umpire from their traditional position to the offensive backfield? That was the question. It went out on Twitter. It went out on Facebook. So here are the results. Out of 65 votes combined, Twitter, Facebook, we had 54%. Um, so 35 votes said normal spots. Stay with the defense. 
we had 38%, about 25 votes, with the offense. And there was other option on the, face, or on the, the Twitter one was just no opinion. So about five votes said, I don't care either way. I don't umpire, so I guess it doesn't matter. We did have a couple people also chime in on text. It was kind of 50-50. Some people said yes, some people said no. We had uh, uh, one of uh, Robert's crewmates, Howie Hughes, he, he texted in and said after some great debate in his mind, he thought that maybe it might be best to move the umpire to the offensive backfield, weighing the pros and cons. Hopefully a lot of people had a chance to do that, weigh the pros and cons. My thing is, is that if you look at it, what, is it, what impact does it have safety-wise? Are we going to have the umpires safer back in the offensive backfield? It changes the dynamics of the mechanics and of the position. Because, yeah, as an umpire in the offensive backfield, you're doing a lot more running. That is absolutely correct. You're going to be running a lot more. And there was a lot of comments that were made about, well, I like a good umpire to get in there in the middle and mix it up so that way they can really control the line of scrimmage, the, uh, you know, the, the grunts in there, the, the offensive and defensive linemen, by having that presence. My argument is, is I think you can still have that presence even if you are in the offensive backfield. You just have to do a little bit more running. But you see the results. I think sometimes as high school officials, we, we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. I'm not sure in a five-person game if it's best to move that umpire. But I know, you know, Matt, I, I talked to Matt about this at one point, and he, he thought, you know, well, from a COVID point, you know, safety of trying to keep ourselves social distance, if you put that umpire in, in the offensive backfield, you're going to create a little bit more, more distance between the players and yourself. I guess the umpire still got to go in and get the ball, and the ball's still sweaty. So very interesting. We're going to continue to look at this as we move forward because it, it may be that some states will say, just from a COVID standpoint, we're going to move the umpire to the, to the backfield or give it a whirl. I think it would be great if we could try this out, like maybe on a scrimmage or maybe you know just as a one crew could do it or a couple crews could do it for the season just to see how it goes. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But ultimately, if it's up to the umpires. You know, the umpires have to be comfortable with it, but it also could change the dynamics of the position, like I mentioned earlier. You could have different people now who want to be umpires because nobody wants to be, a lot of people don't want to be in the middle. So real quick, Robert, I'm going I'm to throw it over to you. Um, any comments that came in on the chat that seem to be relevant? Yes, the first and foremost is relative to the chat room on MIBT Online. Everyone's having difficulty using it tonight, so you have two other options. We can still use the text number, which Alex will put up, or we also have a chat going on the YouTube stream. But if you send a text to me directly, I'll certainly uh, read the question or read your comment. And we did have a comment from Mississippi. We have a gentleman here, uh, Ronnie, who uh, claims that they use six-man mechanics, and hence that umpire position in the middle is vital. Yeah, I, I saw in, Ar you know, in Arkansas they use six, and they put, they put a center judge and they have an umpire. So it's weird, like they do have the two in the backfield and they don't have anybody else downfield. So I've seen, seen some different mechanics on that. I know Bill talked a little bit about what he thought last week and he, he said you know, he had a couple umpires in the Big Ten that were vital in, in keeping control. And you know, I'm gonna throw it to Bill real quick before we move on from this. Bill, you, know, you mentioned this briefly last week, or last month I should say, in regards to, like, you, you think umpires, there in the, you know, in the, the trenches in the defensive backfield could be vital. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, I mean, I just saw these guys work, and if they want to play was over. Yeah, could you rush up from the 
from the offensive backfield and get into the action area? Sure you could. But after spotting the ball, he was around those defensive players. And constantly, they were constantly communicating uh, prior to a snap with those people. Uh, I, I just think it's a vital thing. Um, so, you know, some good arguments about can you probably see the offensive blocking better from that side than the umpire side? Yeah, maybe you can, but you don't want to get too crazy with the holding calls either. So I, I'm still a proponent that um, that until I see some other benefits from it, I, I'd like to see the umpire stay where he's at. Yeah, with like you said, you know, with, with using five, that does, you know, in the college and NFL, they were able to, to mess with it. And, I mean, your points are very well taken. So we're going to get, like I said, we're going to continue to examine this. And as we move forward, we'll see if some states decide from a COVID standpoint or just from a mechanical standpoint for the safety of the umpire, if that's what happens. So we're going to go back to the PowerPoint real quick because now we're going to get into why we're here tonight because this is, these are important issues. But before we do, uh, I guess we might be having some issues with the MIBT online chat. No problem. We've got plenty of chats available. You can go to Facebook, you can go to YouTube, you can always text us. We'll make sure we throw that text number up a lot because you can text us your comments or questions, but we also have those other chats available on Facebook Live, and we also have it on YouTube. See, we always have backups here because you just never know sometimes with technology, we have backups of backups of backups. So that's the great thing about, about this platform. We can always pivot when we need to. So thank you everybody for being here. So health and safety. So that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. And obviously every, on everybody's mind, and the only thing we've talked about as officials, and you see them on, on Twitter, you see it on the news, is COVID-19, the virus. That's why we're here. That's why we've gotten to this point. But I think one of the things that, that as officials, and or I should say that we haven't really heard as much, there has been some talk, but about our safety as officials. You're hearing about players, you're hearing about coaches, you're hearing about fans, but the officials, aren't being talked about as much. In Illinois, they did come out with some stuff, you know, it was kind of like the last two lines, like what officials should do, wear masks, electronic whistles, or, you know, those are some things. But what about the, you know, the safety of us as officials? You know, you, we walk out of our car, we go to a locker room, we have to change in a locker room, and we walk, walk out on the field. How is that interaction gonna be? How are we gonna, are those locker rooms gonna be sterile for us? Are we gonna be able to go and, and and be able to change in a clean environment. Is that even being discussed? Schools are worried about locker rooms. They're worried about their players and the visiting teams. Our visiting teams not even gonna go in the locker room. Are they just gonna get off the bus? This is assuming we have contests, by the way. Doesn't matter what sport, football, basketball, volleyball, it doesn't matter. How is, these are all issues that are gonna to have to be addressed. People are starting to address them, but we need to be part of that conversation as officials because our safety is just as important and unfortunately, our numbers continue to get older. Over 50, if you look at the mean average of an official across the country, it's like 47, 48 years old. So that means 50% of us are over 47 or 48, which puts us in one of those categories that potentially are at higher risk. Also, NASO put out a, a survey that I think about 20,000 officials responded to. 30% said they're not coming back. We're going to lose 30, potentially lose 30% of our officials because they're fearful for their health and safety. 
So I want you to chime in. Alex is going to put up our text number. I want to hear your opinions on this because this is an important issue for all of us as officials and we kind of need to be united on this. Now, we're not going to solve everything tonight, but at least we're going to have the discussion. And maybe we can, the, the decision makers maybe can hear us as officials and say, hey, don't forget about us. And I, I think a lot haven't, but hopefully we can start seeing some more public stuff come out once that happens as to how we're going to be safe as well. Robert, I know we got a bunch of stuff on this. We sure do. So let's just start. I, I believe we have our first viewer from Iowa that's uh, sharing a concern that he's had with his association relative to the players who typically take their mouthpiece out. They're touching it. Obviously, now their hands are uh, have that uh, saliva, and then they, they touch handle the ball. How does this ha impact us as officials? How can we protect ourselves from that type of behavior? Well, you're hearing a lot of officials say they're going to have to wear gloves. They're going to wear gloves out there. But see, the thing about gloves is gloves only protect, you, protect your hand if you touch your face. If you have a glove on and touch your face, you just got the same thing as if you didn't have a glove on, potentially. So that's, that is one th area that's being discussed. If you're an official, you're wearing a mask. You know, whether I, I just invested in some clear masks just to try them out. So it's got this little thing across. I wish I'd have brought it. I should have brought it down. I should have been wearing it. You could still see my face, and I'm still protected, and it protects me from touching my face. That might be something like a shield, a, a clear shield that, that would with the gloves that would help protect that. But I know mouthpieces have been discussed from the player standpoint. How do they handle a mouthpiece because of, of that contact of the, the, the germs or whatever? It's more, as more and more research comes out on this, it's being determined that it seems like the airborne stuff t uh, uh, tends to be how you get it more than other, more than contact, but that doesn't eliminate it. It's just they're still trying, trying to figure, figure it out. So, I mean, that's one area that you're right, we need to be concerned about. Maybe gloves does it. Maybe that's a discussion we need to have. Maybe people have suggestions. I think gloves is the best way. I, or if you aren't going to use gloves, you just have to make sure you don't touch touch your face or you've got in your pocket you've got a little hand sanitizer and then you know between plays I and mean, you're going to hopefully you're not going to run out of it but these are that's a very valid point I'm going to go to Bill Lamagne because Bill I know we've talked about being a former school administrator being you know being a, an official for a long time you know a little bit about how these types of things when these type of pandemics or or issues come up how the officials can are, are treated or not treated what do you think? How do you think as an official officiating group we should move forward? Well, I think the officials through their associations, their assignment chairman, have to put together their concerns and they better do it quickly uh, and get those out to the conference schools. And the expectation uh, has to be there that these things are met uh, in terms of whether it's their changing area, whether it's uh, having apple supply of rubber gloves, uh, like the medical type gloves uh, to wear. Um, and, and so, but it, it needs to start, we need to demand it because it's gonna be a rarity to really have a proactive group. Now, now I will say this though, uh, one of the international coaches that I've worked with, Glenn Constantine from Canada, contacted us because his, the Canadian league that he coaches in uh, um, is probably going to play this fall. And he is, um, he's been very proactive that he wants anything that they're doing for the players and the coaches to also be available and there for the officials. He wants the uh, officials' needs met on this issue. So I, my hat's off to him 
my question back besides obviously it doesn't apply to Glenn, but you know, we're hearing all this stuff about play, not play. I really want to know one of the coaches going to stand up and take a position pro or con about the safety of their players. If they take a, a position about the safety of their players first, we may not have to worry about what's going to happen with the officials. Um, so I think that would be an interesting thing. And I, I haven't heard hardly anything of, of coaches that are, have gone on record yet saying what they think about it. Um, so I, I, if, if you're totally against it, will you still go out and coach your team? Uh, what, what are you going to do for these kids? So a lot of, lot of pros and cons, but we have to be – if we want things done for us, we better be proactive through our association, association to our assignment chairman, and assignment chairman to the conferences. So, Bill, it's interesting because I have seen a lot of coaches comment on, on Twitter, and I'm going to read one. Uh, you know, it's from Coach Holtz. Not that he has a not that he has a team, but Lou Holtz, who was quoted as saying, "The way the way it, it is right now, they just don't want to have sports, and there's no way in this world you can do anything without risk." People stormed Normandy, and they knew that was going to cause casualties. They knew they were going to be at risk, but that's a way of life. Now, I think that is a former old school college coach taking it way to the next level that probably high school athletes don't want to, uh, would be subject to. But I've seen plenty of posts from coaches who are adamant that, that uh, uh, football and athletics, doesn't matter just football, any athletics, are part of the classroom. They're extension of the classroom. They're extension of the learning process. And that if you're gonna have class, you're gonna have online class, you have to have sports. It has to go hand in hand. I am surprised though, that you're right, Bill. There hasn't, I have not seen a lot of coaches come out and say, no, this isn't safe. I've seen some others come out and say, like other uh, groups, whether it's a, a, like the West Virginia moved their season uh, back today. New Mexico moved their season to the, to the uh, spring. There's been a lot of people have come out and moved their season back. So, so those bodies are saying, this is what we're going to do. Um, I think Matt, I think we got Matt Sumstein with us. He did join us uh, just now. So, so Matt, I want to welcome you in. I know you're trying to having some issues, but appreciate uh, taking some time from Hawaii. You've heard some of the discussion as to, you know, what as officials we can do. You know, you're, I know you have, you're an influencer in Hawaii. How would you talk to the officials in Hawaii about ways, or have you had discussions about ways to protect the officials if we do indeed have football? I did send out a survey to the, the association members around Hawaii and ask them specific questions about some possible uh, mechanics changes and process changes. And I did get positive feedback on most of those conditions. But what my main concern is, outside of, you know, like Bill says, are we going to have football at all, is if we do have football, where are the administrations incorporating the officiating groups into this process of how we bring it back? Because I think the officials, they're always the last group contacted. If you're putting together a youth football league, the teams are in, the coaches are in, the players pay the money, they got the uniforms, and then they go, well, who's going to officiate the game? And I think that kind of transcends to every aspect of officiating. And that the, that the high school groups are saying, well, it's up to the ADs, it's up to the state, but nobody, if they say yes, Nobody's talked to the officials. So to Bill's point about being proactive, 
and making sure that you work with your association or your state association or even your state politicians. I think it's important to have a seat at the table. But unfortunately right now, I don't think anybody has an answer. So we're kind of just in a circling pattern over here. Well, and that's a good point. I was mentioning that earlier that I think a lot of our leaders, whoever they may be, the state, the local uh, elected leaders, they don't know what they're going to do yet. And until that, I guess maybe it's a little premature to say, hey, we need a seat at the table. But I don't think it's premature to have the discussion. I think we need to get the message yeah. out that don't forget about us. You know, and, and I've heard a lot of, you know, we had Edgy Tim, who was a high school football expert on with us last week in one of our open mic sessions. And he seemed to think that, hey, no, the officials are being talked about. So hopefully he's correct. And hopefully that's going on across the country, that the officials are definitely being talked about. So that way, you know, we're just, we're just part of it. You know, what are we going to do? What are things going to be put in place to protect us? Because believe it or not, coaches can social distance. You can bring a coach out there and social distance, and he can coach six feet away and still play a game, whatever it might be. I don't care what sport it is. But from an officiating standpoint, by our nature of mechanics, it is difficult, especially in the game of football, for us to maintain a social distance for all five officials or six or seven, whatever you have, throughout the down, especially like an umpire who has to handle the ball or a referee or, or even when the wings pinch in, you know, they can kind of uh, slow their roll a little bit, but ultimately it's going to make it difficult I think, for us as officials. So those mechanics changes or, or at least procedures definitely need to be discussed. So I want to throw it back to Robert because I hear him typing over there so I know people have some comments. Robert, what do we got? Holy cow, we, we have a lot of comments and thank you so much viewers for participating tonight. Tim, it ranges from we have officials that are wanting to officiate and will do anything that's asked of them, meaning they would show up to the, to the game site dressed, they would keep social distancing as best as uh, the guidelines provide and wear a mask, essentially do whatever they can for the athletes. And, and God bless you, that, that is fantastic. Likewise, we have other viewers that are, have chimed in and said they're very concerned because their crew is in that bracket of ages between 50 and 65 that is of major concern and they don't feel that the safety and the health of uh, the sport will enable them to, uh, you, know, to, you know, to not be infected and take it to their family. So we, we, we're seeing it from both spectrums. But to get to some meat uh, on safety to kind of, if you want to get into it, as electronic whistles is really populating a lot of comments and, uh, and dialogue on the, on the chat. Well, electronic whistles, I mean, that obviously you don't, you don't have to blow and you're not you know, exerting that air out and you're pressing the button. From a standpoint of you know, people talking about, well, there's going to be a lot more inadvertent whistles because you're going, to have, you're going to get trigger happy. I don't know. I mean, it, I've never used one. I don't think most people have. In fact, I don't even think they were authorized. And then, but it, that's the new wave. And so I should have invested money in electronic whistles about two months ago. I should have made an electronic whistle. You know, Honings and Parsons or whoever, you know, there are, uh, they're all going to be making out now because we're going to be all, well, we need our electronic whistles or official suppliers. This is not a plug for any of them, but good for them. They're gonna, we're going to have to pay. It's just going to be another tool in our, you know, our toolbox of, of what we're going to use. So it's, you know, are we going to have to have two? You know, you always have a backup whistle. So now you not only have to buy one, you got to buy two in case that one breaks. Because I'm sure now it's electronic, so it, it definitely could break. I'm going to go to Stan now. Stan, have you had any, you know, you're, Sam's from Alabama. Stan, have you heard any people from your local area, local association of crews that have, or officials that are saying, whoa, time out. 
I'm not, I'm not going to show up this year. I'm going to take, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, in my local association, uh, I think I'm either the oldest or the second oldest. So we have a little bit younger crowd, probably average age as closer to late thirties or mid early to mid forties. Wow. Uh, we've had two association meetings and, uh, a little over 60% of our membership is, has returned to that. So nothing uh, definitive uh, here from my association. I don't know about the other uh, two associations in our metro area. I've not spoken to anybody associated with them, uh, but I know one of the other ones has much older membership. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me that uh, many of those uh, are anxious and maybe deciding not to come back. So that, that's interesting. Mike Billica, you know, Mike, I know you have some contact with guys on the East Coast and because those states up there are a little bit smaller, you kind of intertwine between some states. So you probably got a good feel for what's going on. Uh, what are, in, in the uh, Northeast, New England area, what are you he hearing about officials? Are, are officials uh, backing out? Um, well, they already decided to move the season start to mid-September at the earliest. So that gave the officiating organizations a little more time. And uh, the assigners are just now starting to put out the surveys to find out if people are willing to come back. Um, so we won't know yet how many people, but I would expect, because our age is a lot older than what Stan is saying, our average age is in the 50s. Um, I would expect us to lose about 30% or so who wouldn't want to deal with the risk. Yeah, I mean that's what the according to NASO, that should be the statistics. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap this up here in a second, but I want to kind of go around everybody, give everybody a last shot. But I know Robert's got some more, more chats or more comments from our texting. Go ahead, Robert. Well, it's just so nice to have Sergio join us from uh, American Samoa, and he says that uh, they're definitely a go, and their season will begin September the fifth. So thank you for joining us, Sergio, with some positive uh, words. Well. They're an island. I think they, you know, the islands have been doing really well. You know, I saw an article uh, out of Barbados that Barbados was like, come and spend the quarantine with us. As long as you're clean, 14 days, you can come down to Barbados and work from Barbados. Who wouldn't want to do that? So good. good. Thank you for joining us, Sergio. We really appreciate it. So I'm going to run around the panel real quick, give everybody a little less shot here as to how they think as officials we should uh, maintain our safety and kind of what, you know, if there's any message they want to send out to the leaders, that the decision makers, now is the time. So I will, uh, I'll start it out with, I'll go back to Stan. Stan, you know, what, if, you know, you're, you're the guy, you know, like you said, you're one of the older ones in your association. What's going to make you come back on the field? What would you like to see? I think we need to have a, a, a clear expectation uh, and arrangements with our, each of our schools. Uh, our association is uh, definitely, we, we arrive in business casual. We need a place to dress. That's how we do our pregame. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had other associations uh, in, in years past where we've actually arrived to the stadium already dressed. We may make that adjustment because not all of our schools have great locker room facilities, so to speak, for us. We're sort of the afterthought. Uh, and uh, we need to have that, and then I think from our state level, what some of our pre-game type of re uh, requirements may need to have to be adjusted a little bit uh, to give us opportunities. I'm, I'm not sure what that may look like, but uh, supposedly we're going to find out a lot of that 
next week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of wait and see right now, a lot of wait and see. Mike, you know, you want to, what's going to make you feel comfortable? What's going to make you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, you know, I, I don't know if we're all going to be really comfortable, but like, what, what, what do you need to, to, to have that happen? I'm going to need to see the numbers actually of, you know, cases need to be really, really low. Um, I want to know that the risk is safe enough to have kids in the classroom. And if it isn't, then I don't think we should be having football on the football field either. There's just too many people that are going to be crowded together in that team box. There's, you know, as a line judge, I'm going to be standing right next to them. My wife works in the ICU treating COVID patients. Um, I just think there's just too many chances of contact. I would not be comfortable unless the numbers were really low and then they were able to open the school doors for students in person. No, I, I don't. I don't think you're, you're alone there. As you can see, I got my my Darth Vader mask. I don't know how I sound now, but see, here's here's a perfect here's a clear mask, and it goes around, and I I've got a good field of vision, and all my stuff is getting caught yeah. in here. So you know, here's a shield for you. You know, these the, is this the is this the new way, the, the the Darth Vader look? I don't know, but there there's an example of that. There you go. This is David Letterman. That was my David Letterman impression. Um, anyway. No, I'm with you, Mike. You're right. There's going to have to be, I can understand why, you know, you would, you would feel that way. So uh, let's go to Matt. Matt, you know, Hawaii, you're an island. They were real good. They, they quarantined people for 14 days. They threw people in jail if they didn't follow the quarantine. How would you feel, you know, what's going to make you okay to go back out on the field? Well, number one, it has to do with what the state is comfortable with, with the players and the environment the players are exposed to. I believe the officials are, are a little bit easier to protect in a playing environment because we work the perimeter and we can move perimeters back. Uh, but primarily, I think it's, it's the player safety. And then where do we get the officials to work the games that, we're gonna, that are going to be necessary? And like Mike had said, uh, there's about a 30% or, or, or Realtor Magazine said 30% were coming back. Our survey said 4% were not coming back and 26% were undecided. So that puts us right at the 30%. But we are talking about some innovative ideas too, including putting the umpire in the backfield with the referee and taking the ball handling completely away from the officials. Have a second crew of, of three or four people who can run the ball in and out and place the ball. Similar to what the XFL did, they had a ball, a ball handler behind the referee. He'd come in and they'd rally the ball around so that at least the people who are blowing their whistle, electronic finger or lanyard, uh, don't have to worry about the ball handling aspect, and we're removing the officials from the, the crowded area. So we're, we're thinking about some ways to address it, but again, it, it's really going to fall back on, on what we can do for the kids. No, I mean, innovative ways. I think that's great, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because people who are watching this, they need to hear that. They need to hear those innovative ways, maybe thinking outside of the box a little bit to keep us safe, and that's a ball boy, extra ball boys. I mean, I guess you can argue that now you're, you, you could be potentially exposing more people, but if you're able to do it in a safe way, that, that would be a, be a great way. So uh, I'm going to go to Bill. You know, Bill, once again, I'm going to get, you know, we're going to, I know you're, you're not much out on the field these days, but sometimes you still go out on the field. And, and even when you're, you're doing your analyst gig, what's going to make you feel safe to go back out into the stadiums or go back out on the field? Well, you know, obviously, if the NFL wants to go back and the players agree to it and all that, that's a total money issue between players and, and the league. Um, so that, that's their choice. Um, in terms of uh, 
you know, you look at youth sports, we, we better, we're seeing youth sports even just announced today was that the youth uh, tackle football programs in Chicago canceled the fall season. Uh, how many other groups we've had the state of New Mexico and some other states uh, shut down on, on fall sports. Um, we, we've got to uh, really examine this, you know, from there's a difference between the pro game and there's a difference between the amateurs and the amateur levels. Should a college kid be, be out there playing football so other people, if it's about money, okay, uh, and the schools are going to lose all this money if they don't play. Well, what about the kids? They're, yeah, they're on a scholarship, but there's other people getting rich off of college athletes. And I, so I, I hope that we're, we really can get this thing under control, that the numbers are down, uh, like Mike said. Um, because if, if, it's, if it's not safe for these kids to be out there, why is it going to be safe for us to be out there? Um, you know, and, and I'll take the position, yeah, I'm not on the field anymore unless I'm doing some international things. But if there isn't a fall football season, I stand to lose a pretty good paycheck uh, for me as fan. So do I, am I going to be greedy or am I going to, you know, hopefully right decisions are made about the sports so that I can just roll with it. So I, I'm, I'm concerned about the fall. I'm concerned about it not just for myself but other people. I love this game as much as everybody. But the plain and simple matter of it is, we just need to postpone. We need to be smart. We need to postpone things at the amateur level until things are under control. Um, and, and we're all over the place. We've got state uh, people here in the state of Illinois who are suing now the Illinois High School Association over their things they've come out with about uh, COVID, things to do or not do, saying they don't have any jurisdiction. We, we need to grow up, and, and we need to start putting health and safety before everything. So that's my editorial. No, I, I understand that. So I'm going to throw it over to Robert, and Robert's going to sum up the, the chat. He might even throw in his own opinion, what will bring Robert back out on the field. And uh, so what do we got, Robert? What's, what's going on out there? Well, thank you for asking, Tim. I will address both points you just mentioned. First and foremost, we have a lot of viewers from outside of Illinois, and I'm pleased to announce our viewers from different states are planning to have football. Greg Reeder from Pennsylvania just typed in and said, Pennsylvania announced two hours ago that they will have football as scheduled. Uh, the gentleman in Alaska texted in and also said that they plan to have football in their state as well. So this is a very meaningful discussion. Uh, there are a lot of comments and questions related to what type of electronic whistles. Some say the Fox 40 isn't as, uh, is not performing as they would hope it would. I've heard the Windsor does perform better. So if anyone wants to chime in on their experience relative to the electronic whistle, that'll be fantastic. And then finally, since you asked, what's my opinion? I, I love my brotherhood. I love uh, my sisterhood. This fraternity here, us wanting to talk about this, what we can do to give back to the game, obviously in, in the most safe manner, is really touching to my heart because this is what is most, I think, uh, valuable on why I officiate, and that is you, you the, the officials. You know, I will go to battle with you. If I have crewmates, they say they want to uh, officiate a game, I'm going to officiate with them. If I have a crewmate that says they don't want to for personal matters, I respect that. The bottom line is thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for engaging this conversation because our viewers are truly interested on what they can do to be safe tonight, Tim. And that's why we wanted to have this, this discussion. 
because we haven't done it. You know, we talk to X's and O's here. We're going to do, we're going to have a whole, we have the clinic, we got a whole group of meetings coming your way. We needed to talk about this. Now, personally, where I look at this is that this is a political issue. That's all this is. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way. It should not be political. Health and safety is not a political thing. But for those of you, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care what your political views are. This has become a political issue. And certain states that tend to be more conservative are now, we're going to play. You know, it's a free country. We deserve to play football. And we're taking the risk, kind of like what Lou Holtz said. You've got other parts of the country a little bit more liberal, and they tend to be like, we're going to take the safety of our public and our kids into account first. Football, any sport isn't king here. We need to, we need to look out for our own first. And that's where I'm disappointed because it, I understand that the, the, this virus is affecting different parts of the country, and I do understand you could have that tiered level of participation based off of where you're at. You're out in an island, you got nothing, yeah, you can play. But if you're in the middle of California where it's going nuts, or, the, or Florida where it's just going gangbusters, I, I heard a statistic that one in three people in Florida have COVID. How can you do that? How can you expose your, 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 your youth to that? I don't get it. I don't understand that. I look at it as that we need to do what's best for the safety of our uh, culture, for our environment, for our human beings. That's the most important thing. Whatever the health experts say is going to keep us safe. We can't just go to play to play. We just, oh, we want to do it, so we're going to do it. We need to follow the, uh, the advice of the experts. I don't believe this to be a hoax, like some people have may have said, without getting political. We're going to get political in the next segment here. Um, I don't want to be political, but it is a political football, unfortunately, and it, it, no pun intended. But ultimately, it's, if you're in one state, you're going to play. If you're not in another state, you're not. You might, in Chicago, might not play, and Central Illinois may play. It could be the same in another state. So we'll continue. Look for our penalty reports and our, our daily feed. We're a daily feed now. We're going to have uh, daily updates on all of our social media platforms. We'll continue to update people. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Robert is, is doing the, oh, 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 I got one more, I got one more. And then we're going to move on to our next subject, but I'll throw it back to Robert to finish this up. Our feed on MIBT Online just went off. I've got multiple comments on it, so we need to do something to our feed for MIBT Online. Um, yes. The whole stream is? Yep. We're still on Facebook, but we're not on, YouTube, on uh, MIBT okay. Online. Well, that's, that's interesting. Um, well, all right. We'll have everybody switch over to Facebook, <laughs> or hopefully we're on YouTube. Let, let's uh, let's take a look. Uh, let's you know, Robert, you can go okay, ahead. Okay, hold on. MIBT online is. Let's see. Hopefully it'll come back live. All right. Well. Yeah, we're back live. All right. So we're back live. All right. A little little hiccup in the internet. We have a storm going on outside. Maybe that was it. But that's why we do this in three different places. So that way, <laughs> we've got the backups of the backups of the backups because you just never know with the internet. Okay. So. We're going to move on to our next topic here. And this is a, so we talk about political. You know, here we go. You know, this is where things get a little crazy. Um, social issues, social issues that are affecting us as officials. The anthem and protest. So not only do we have this COVID thing going on, in the news, you know, we've had Black Lives Matters. We've had other people protest one way or the other. And you're hearing sports is becoming this platform, this political platform of 
how I'm going to uh, maybe respect or disrespect or this or that, depending on who you talk to. Here's the thing. We're officials. We're supposed to be impartial. And we could be forced, thrown into the middle of potential controversial issues when all we're out there to do is officiate a game. Think about this. I'm going to set this up for you. You go out to your game on Friday night. I don't care. Uh, you know, town ABC in the middle of the, the country or on the coast. It doesn't matter. You go out as an officiating crew. You have the national anthem. You get half or you get one team. They all go to a knee. They're uniform. They decided that that's how they're going to handle the social issues. They're all going to knee. The coaches are all in agreement. Now you go to the other side. They're on the other side of this. They all say, well, everybody better stand. You better stand for the anthem because that's how we feel. That's our program. So now you got one side up, you got one side down. What do we do as officials? All five of us, all five of us are standing? Are, we're with, are we with the standing team? All five of us are kneeling? We're with the kneeling team? One of us is kneeling, blah, 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 blah. Hey, he's with us, they're with them. And the perception sometimes might be that we might be with one team and without the other, and we're going to create conflict before a game potentially even starts. So this is an important issue. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to run around the panel. Hopefully, we still have the panel. You know, hopefully that that part of the internet is uh, still working. Uh, I'm going to start this one out with uh, Bill Manier. Bill, you you know, this is a topic you and I've discussed. I know you really wanted to to get into this. How, from your aspect, if you were out on the field and you've got this potential issue, I mean, I know at the college game a lot of times you're still in the locker room, but let's say you're not. You're out on the field. How are you going to handle this? Well, to me, here's the thing. I mean, I go back to when it first happened with the player in the NFL taking the knee, Colin uh, Kaepernick. And I didn't agree with what he did taking a knee just personally. But at the same time, being a veteran uh, back in 66, I just looked at it and just said, you know, that's his right to do it. it that's, I don't agree with his decision, but that's his right to do it. I look back at it now and – and I, I've got a little different viewpoint on it to say that, you know, kneeling is actually a form of respect. I mean, that's, that's what you do in church. That's uh, what you do when you kneel down to pray. Um, so I, I, it doesn't bother me one bit. I have nothing personal on it. You want to stand, stand. You want to kneel, kneel. I was discussing this with a couple friends of mine from Europe uh, with the international things that we do. And they just kind of said, well, you know, it's your own fault. Um, you're the only country in the world that plays your national anthem at every sporting event that goes on. It doesn't matter the sport. We only play a national anthem when it's international competitions. But when it's something within our own country, there's no national anthem. So we never have this issue. We never have this problem. Well, that doesn't mean we should do away with something that's been our traditions uh, per se, just to avoid the problem. Uh, I think it's better that we address the problem uh, and try and get understanding to it. But um, I think the thing for the officials is, again, I'm going to say talk to your, uh, within your group, uh, your association, have your assignment chairman make sure that they address this issue with the conference schools and that the officials can't be put in the middle of it, and that's the expectation from you as the assignment chairman to the schools. Don't put the officials in it. And if the officials feel uncomfortable, then maybe they stay in the locker room or maybe the back of the concession stand. 
or just go out there and, and stand or kneel, do whatever you care to do. But, uh, but we shouldn't be put in the middle by a perception or pressure from a coach, a team, or fans. No, I, I agree, and we shouldn't be, but sometimes just by nature of being out there and, and looking one way, we, we might. And, I mean, I, I do appreciate that, and I, I'll get to my view here in, in a minute. Matt, you know, from Hawaii, I don't know if you guys have had this, this discussion. You know, not only do we have this COVID thing, but we also have the social issues. Has there, you know, any, been, any talk about as a group or how this is going to be addressed, if somebody wants to protest or this or that? Have you had any discussions on that? We had discussions a couple of years ago when the, the issue first arose. And at that time, I instructed our officials during the state tournament that you're on the job and that you'll uh, represent the state as an, as an official and we're not getting involved in, in politics. So I told them, um, please don't, don't get involved in that by going to a knee. My, my feelings like Bill's have since changed to a degree because I like Bill, I'm also a veteran and nobody plays the national anthem before they charge the front line. The uh, national anthem is, uh, is a reflection of our country and our, and our pride in our country, but it doesn't make you more of a patriot if you're standing or not. Although that may be the, the law to stand, you know, for the national anthem, but in, in reality, patriotism comes from your heart. And if you have a free speech statement to make, then I believe that that um, is, is overwhelmingly more important than protocol. So um, I am not going to uh, get involved in this, like, like Bill had also suggested, in uh, telling people what they can or cannot do. So a lot of times if you're in a big stadium, you're not even out there for the anthem. But if you're in a small school and, uh, and they are playing the anthem, which they do, and even in Hawaii it's traditional to play the state uh, uh, anthem as well and the school alma mater. So you're out there for quite a while for the ceremonial aspects. But I, uh, I believe there's more important issues than whether you're standing or not since patriotism comes from the heart and not whether you're standing when you're when the anthem is playing and i guarantee you the people who are going to the concession stands to buy a hot dog and get a beer are not getting out of line so that they can go look at their uh their flag and put their hand over their heart so i would say leave it to the individual okay i appreciate that stan um has there been any discussion about i mean you're down in alabama without you know stereotype or being stereotypical at all but has there been any discussion about how this is going to play out in Alabama? Uh, just because I live in the reddest state in the country, um, uh, <laughs> there has not been any discussion about it. And I think one reason there hasn't been is because people take the initial thought process. There's nothing to discuss. Of course you're going to stand and of course you're going to salute. Uh, but uh, that's, that's not the way um, it, it, sh it has to be. It's not the way it, it should be. I have a, my oldest stepson is an active duty colonel in the army and, and he, he took an oath to swear to the constitution and the constitution has the bill of rights. that says we have the freedom of speech and expression. So he defends uh, your right to protest in the way you deem uh, that you would like to do so. And, uh, so I've not seen it around uh, on our fields about with schools or 
have not heard any discussions with any schools about if there is uh, a team decision to do. And we, we also have not had any quote direction from the state or state association, but I have a feeling that, that it's something they really don't wish to have to discuss. Uh, and we will just probably operate under the status quo. So that's good to hear. Um, I'm going to save the last comment for Mike because I, I know Mike has been very vocal on this issue through his social media platform. So I'm going to save the last word for Mike on this. Well, I'll probably have the last word actually, let's just be honest. But let's go over to Robert and uh, see what the, what's going on out there. And Robert, you can obviously give us your opinion too. Uh, actually, I'm just going to share what some officials have been commenting relative to the kneeling during the national anthem. That's what we're on here. Uh, you know, how to address it if one team chooses to and another team doesn't and then there's not uh, an agreement by the opponents. This is where, you know, sportsmanship commitment begins at the start and, uh, you know, relative to the head coaches, they are the leaders of their teams and you just remind them to, uh, to share that importance of uh, sportsmanship throughout the, uh, the entire contest. And that begins with the national anthem. Tim, you can add to those, uh, those words. Well, I'm going to throw it over to Mike. Mike. Like I said, I, I've seen some of your comments on this, and I wanted to save you for last because you have a unique uh, perspective on this. So uh, what do you think? I mean, what, what, what's your opinion? Well, outside of officiating, my, in my personal life, I, I'm part of an interracial relationship, and I have two biracial children. Um, we live in a pretty much all-white town. They go to an all-white school and um, they've received all nature of ignorant and even outright racist statements. Um, there was no Black History Month, there was no multicultural anything at that school until my kids founded it. Um, so, you know, they're, they're high school and college now, but to, to say the least, I, I definitely see a different perspective than a lot of other officials that I work with. Um, when I did confront the issue, just broach the issue after our uh, last month's meeting, um, I brought it up to the association and there is really no movement within the association to change what we've been doing for the past two, three years, which is to not make waves, to stand. And as an official, I'm going to follow what the association wants to do, but I'm certainly not going to be that, that official that's going to go back and say, that my partner official who decided to take a knee broke the rule or something. I'm not gonna run back because I kind of understand what people are protesting about um, sort of on a visceral level. So I appreciate that, Mike, and I appreciate that perspective. Here's, this is, you know, we just wanna have a discussion on this. No one's gonna come up with a definitive answer tonight on this because ultimately it is gonna be up to our leaders. And that either, if your association is what determines mechanics and positioning and all that, the high school rules state we're supposed to be out there for the anthem. Or, I mean, we're supposed to be out there 20 minutes prior, or, you know, or some states have it 30 minutes prior, so that would be out there for the anthem. I uh, was a Navy veteran, so I understand the, the veteran's point of view on this. I, but I'm kind of with, I would say, with, with Matt and also with, uh, with Bill. I don't know why we're playing the anthem. Let's, let's just, let's remove that, you know, and I, I love the way Matt described it. You know, you don't hear the anthem before you charge into battle. I think that was, I've never heard it described that way. It was perfect because we don't need the anthem. I mean, it just kind of delays the game, maybe gives the band another opportunity to play. 
let's, let's get out there and play some football. And that put us in the middle. But th that's not going to happen. We're going to have the anthem. It's been a tradition. It's going to be very difficult for that to be removed as a tradition. And I think that um, ultimately how we handle this as a, as a crew is the state assign or the state people, whether it's the state association or your local association leaders, have to come out with a procedure. And they have to be the ones who are put on the chopping block. They're the ones who have to make that decision. And I go back to what Matt said. We're going to, when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans. If it is mandated that all officials are going to stand, then that's, what, that, that's the rules. We don't get in the middle. We don't get to make, you know, uh, in basically do our own thing. We don't get to say, oh, we're, we're going to interpret a rule this way today and not this way tomorrow. As much as you might have a personal uh, objection, you want to show that, that it will support one side or the other, you got to do what we're told. That's what we're out there to do. We're impartial, and we have procedures, and we have rules. So whatever those rules are, in the end, that's what we're going to end up following because that's what, uh, what we're going to have to do, and that's kind of my take. We just have to follow what is being told uh, from whatever leadership, and our leaders have to stand up and make those decisions, unfortunately, for us. So we have that direction, and now we know what to tell the people if they say, well, why are you standing and not kneeling? Well, this is what we've been told to do. I hear Robert typing on over there, so we're going to let Robert finish up with this, and then we're going we're gonna to call it a night. Hopefully, we're still streaming. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, I'd like to thank Dave Chris for uh, commenting, viewing tonight. He writes, uh, I've seen such poor behavior in ways uh, that some athletes have behaved while the anthem's being played. If a player chooses to kneel, at least that player is acknowledging that the anthem is, in fact, being played. So that's a perspective uh, that we ought to keep in mind as well. Interesting. So I appreciate everybody who, who was here tonight, and I, we, I apologize for the little hiccup in the stream. Hopefully we got everybody back. Um, we were able to pivot real quick. Um, if you miss part of it or want to see it, we're going to, don't worry, this will be on demand. This will be available to go back and you can listen to it and share with your association. But I want to thank everybody for being here and uh, you know, go, going through these issues that are going to affect us as officials moving forward. So we always end things with the play of the month or the play of the week once we start our, our, our season meetings, our weekly meetings, which are going to start uh, August 5th. We're going to go weekly and uh, we've got our clinic. We're going to talk about that in a second again. But so this is our play of the month. So we're going to go, go back to the PowerPoint and we're going to go wide on our play of the month. Okay, so we're going to play this and I want you to watch, I want you to look at this formation. You can see you've got, it looks like there's five in the backfield. If you look at the quarterback and the four um, you know, backs or split ends, whatever, up to the top, it really looks like there's five in the backfield. And we're going to play this out so you can see that they don't adjust. This is clearly an illegal formation, and we do have a flag on this. So I want, here is the, the question. So this month, here's our question. This is an illegal formation. This is Team A's illegal formation. Who should have a flag on this? Should we have the head linesman? Should the head linesman have a flag on this? All the receivers and the backs were up to his side. Should the line judge have a flag on it? The line judge did have a flag on this play. Or should both? So that is the question this week. I want everybody to kind of, you're going to get a couple weeks now to go through this. Remember, 
We're going to have the poll in a couple different places. We're going to have it on our, our uh, Twitter account, Officially Speak. We're also going to put it at our Facebook page, MIBT Online. You can take the, the poll in either spot. It'll be up tomorrow. Okay, the play of the week will be up tomorrow. It won't be up tonight, but it will be up tomorrow. So I invite everybody to go and participate and let us know. Should this be the headlinesman, line judge, or both? Who should have this file? And we'll talk about it. We won't talk about it the next time because we're going to have the clinic. We're going to talk about it on August 5th. That's when we will discuss this. So uh, our next meeting, the free clinic, July 29th, 2020, 6 p.m. Central. That's the next meeting. That's when you want to be here. The next meeting, free. Once again, all these, hopefully these links will work and they won't crash this time. This is where you're going to be able to see this free clinic that we're going to do here for everybody in the masses. So share with your association, share with your friends, all your football people, tell them we've got this free clinic. So I think we can go around the panel. We were having some any meeting. No, I guess we can't. I guess any meeting, uh, our, our, our software crashed. So we're not going to be able to go around the panel, but I want to thank everybody who was on the panel tonight. I appreciate them for being here. Robert, any last minute thoughts before we call it a night? Yeah, relative to the upcoming clinic, do they need to register since it's free? No, no register. Go to these, go, go use these links. <laughs> these links are the ones that you can go and see the free clinic. The links that you are watching this on, our Facebook page, our YouTube page. On, on, it's actually going to be on a different page on our MIBT, but you'll, it's, you'll, we'll get all that information out. If you're an Illinois official, you're going to get all this through the state. If you're not an Illinois official, it doesn't matter. We're going to talk great football. Matt Sumstein, who was with us, is going to, going to join us. Like I said, we've got Robert Ybarra. We're going to have a great lineup. So uh, you can always watch it here on Facebook. You can watch it on YouTube. That's barring any technical issues. So I'm going to throw it over to Alex. She can, she can wave. Alex has worked his butt off tonight because uh, we had some technical stuff. So thanks, Alex, for being here. Thanks, for everybody, for watching and participating because this was kind of a, an interesting one with our, all our social and medical issues. Appreciate everybody who texted, comment, watch, stuck with us. We'll be back July 29th, right here, 6 p.m. Central, Football Clinic, free to everybody. We can't wait. We can't wait to see you then. Oh, before I go, we're going to have swag. We're going to have swag. Make it be there. We got these make it be there shirts, these undershirts. We're going to have some of that. We're going to have that, uh, like I said, available hopefully in our next meeting or so. We're going to have different shirts maybe too. So. Can't wait. Hope you'll be here July 29th. So for MIBT Online, everybody here on Tim Kiefer, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the MIBTOnline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTOnline.com. We'll catch you next time.